Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. Many Laravel developers write tests as part of their software development workflow. And I, I do the same. I like that. Regardless of when you write the test, if it's before or after the code, doesn't matter. However, one thing we don't like is flaky tests. You run a test today, it passes. You run a test tomorrow, it fails. I've run into that. And one of the things I've learned that leads to flaky tests is unnecessary randomization. And mm. um, I came to this enlightenment, if you will, through the uh, advice of others, such as Aaron. Aaron, do you recall the, these events? I do. I, I remember you running a test about 40 times at passing and then one time failing and then, <laughs> hey, can we take a look? And every time we look at it together, it works and mm. get off the Zoom call and then it's not working again. Yes. Send it out to CICD and it fails. Mm. Not good. Not, not a, like if the whole point of tests is to build confidence and to make <laughs> us move faster, like th this is the opposite. And to be honest, this flakiness is pretty random and doesn't happen a lot. I would say in my case, it happened just little enough that I never really felt a need to like go figure it out. It's like, well, I'll just run the test again. And then they pass and like, okay, not a big deal. So, you know, maybe you'd bump into it like once a week or something. It wasn't like every other time it failed. It was like flaky in the flakiest sense of the flakiness that there can be in a test. That's a, that's a term. Look it up. It's in Martin <laughs> Fowler. Um, <laughs> no, I just, it made, me, it made me think of like a croissant or something. Mm, so flaky. Ooh, flaky pastry. Very good. So <clears throat> let, let's dig in a little bit as to why, because randomization on the surface is a necessary thing in tests. Let, let's take it back a step. So where randomization often comes into play is in the factories. So we, we use factories to make it easier to build up the state of our application that we're trying to test. And uh, we're sort of led down this path of randomization by the fact that it's really easy. In fact, I think the docs even show like, you know, here's, here's how you use Faker in your factories. Because mm -hmm. like if you're hard coding a name in a user object, like, well, you don't want all your users to have the same name. So you have to have some, some randomization. But I guess um, the, 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 the thing to balance is when to have randomization. When is it useful? And when might it lead to some of these flaky tests? Well, actually, uh, that's a good question because I have, unsurprisingly, very strong opinions about that. <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> so so uh, basically, here's what I do when I look at uh, uh, whether something should be random or not. Is, is this piece of data used to make a decision in my product? Mm. If it is, I don't want it to be random because I want the decisions to always flow in the same direction for my test when I'm testing that decision. Whereas if it's something that, um, yeah, where it's something that doesn't affect my, my business logic, I will go and make it random. So I can give mm. you some examples, right? Yeah. That'd be so uh, let's just say you have a user object um, and in your uh, application, uh, it, it has a first and last name. Okay. Um, maybe an email address, and it also has a state. And your product figures out taxes 
uh, for a, a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. Now, things that maybe don't matter so much are the first and last name. And so those could be random. Like, this isn't just the application for John Smith. It can be any of these names that you make up, right? Uh, so you might use Faker for that. Give me a first name, a last name. Mm-hmm. Just kind of nice to have some random data to see how things might, you know, react. Uh, an area where you might want to start considering whether this should be random would be the email address. Uh, it might be random, but it might be have to be forced to be unique. Um, so that's kind of that middle mm-hmm. case. Yep. And one of the cases where I, I would think you wouldn't want to make it random would be the state because per, perhaps each state and each municipality has different taxes, right? So we're going to say uh, we're always going to assign it to a known state. Uh, let's just say Wisconsin um, because we we know that if we check out something and it's always Wisconsin, the tax rate's always going to be the same. Whereas if we did that as a random state, uh, it might pick Wisconsin with a 5% tax rate. It might pick Illinois um, with a 5% tax rate. It might pick uh, California with a 9% tax rate one, on one of those tests. And suddenly your calculation just isn't, isn't correct. Mm. So <clears throat> that, I like that example because it makes it a bit more concrete. Let, let, me, let me pose a scenario though. What if currently my app has no logic based on state? Is, is this the kind of thing where you might even try to predict the future a little bit and be like, mm, I'm not doing this now, but this is a thing I've done enough in the past, like where state impacts logic that I just won't randomize that? Or do you just, do you randomize it until it's a problem? Like where, how do you make that? Yeah, decision? that's a, that's a, that is a tough question. It's a good question too, because uh, we don't want to do pre um, pre optimization. We don't sure. want to do things, you know, Yagni. You ain't gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I think there are things you can kind of, like you said, if you've done enough and you know, you understand the business, maybe you're working with, you can have an idea. So um, there are a couple of like little tips too um, that I've seen that kind of make this a little better and a little bit easier, which would be uh, the way you refer to these items how you name them, right? Okay. Uh, so for example, if you're going to name something, it doesn't matter what business you're in, but if you're going to name it something, something code. So, you know, like a standard code or a, a tax code or a country code or something that says code, that just screams to me, that's a business's way of measuring the differences in something. They, they need yeah. code to yep. be able to say there's a different process here. And so, that, you know, you might not have code around that or per se decisions around that, but that's a good one that you might know that maybe I shouldn't randomize that. Okay. I would say don't, don't go crazy, you know, like trying to figure out every single possible thing you might do logic on, but there are some middle grounds where you're like, chances are this, this means something. Yeah. Yeah. Roles was another one that we've talked about where, mm. It, it, it's even if it's like role ID or something like that, don't randomize that. That's going to, that's going to cause you a world of heart hurt. That's where uh, states are important. You know, we have, have that ability to define states against our factories and just be super explicit. Like, you know, maybe the default user has a role of whatever makes it like a normal user. And if you have an admin or a manager or something like that, just create additional states for that to, to track that. And so you can pull in the right thing in your test and it makes your tests read nicer too. Right, that's a good idea. Another uh, place I've seen flaky tests bite me, and and just just to point out something too, sometimes a flaky test goes the other direction. So something that normally passes will occasionally fail. That's kind of what we normally think of. But there's this other weird flaky test where something's passing all along, 
and it kind of shouldn't have been. <laughs> and then you make mm -hmm. a change in your logic and it starts failing. And you realize your, your test was actually a false positive. It was passing for the wrong reason. And so um, what are some scenarios where you've seen that and, and how do you guard against those other types of flaky tests? Sure. So one of the, um, the very common places where you can see that is if you're going to retrieve something and maybe you want to test the order of it or you mm -hmm. want to test some filtering, right? Um, so you go and use a factory and you create uh, one object uh, and now your database contains one item and then you retrieve all of them uh, and you say, yep, it's in the proper order. Um, well, of course, because there's only one of them. Or um, if you create them in the same order that you're going to sort them. Yeah. So I create three in a row with incrementing IDs, and then I say, order this by date created. Well, those are going to be the, always the same order. So I, I might consider creating them in a different order, changing mm -hmm. up the dates or something like that, yep. so that when I retrieve when I retrieve my data, I can actually tell it's been sorted. Okay. Same thing when you do a filter. So you say, give me all of the models from state equals Wisconsin, but you only made uh, models where state is Wisconsin. Well, um, yep. it's going to only be all those, and so you know, you know, you could remove that filtering logic, and the test would still pass. Right. So that, that's why when you when when uh, we've been working together on some of our projects, you'll see, I'll set up not only the data I know I want to retrieve and, and and what data, I'll also set up uh, alternate data as well. So where another place that that comes in uh, useful is. Uh, if you have uh, models that are related to a, like a parent model and you say, give me all the child models from an endpoint, I'll create maybe three or four child models so we can test our ordering and our sorting. But I'll also create another one or two interspersed in that whole setup that mm -hmm. belong to a different parent. That way I, I can make sure that when I retrieve that data, it's ignoring the ones that are not from the parent I want and it's still sorting it. Yes, yes, that's... Uh... That's definitely a good uh, practice to get into. You, you don't want to go nuts with it. Like, where where does it right. end? Like, do I have to create a hundred unrelated things? No, just just one or two. And and like you were talking about, some of the important places to do that ordering, filtering, things like that, where having an extra thing in your result set would actually should should cause the test to fail. And and just one tip that I've I've uh, picked up or sort of fine tuned is when you're creating those extra objects in your test, like you can even name them, you know, like some other user or unrelated data or, or things like that. So when you're reading the test, you, you won't scratch your head like, why are we creating these other things that have nothing to do with what we're actually testing? And, uh, you know, even like in PHP Storm, it might even be gray, like, oh, you're not even using this variable, you could just remove it. But if you name it the right thing, then it, it conveys to the person reading the test like, oh, this is done for this reason. It's to make sure we don't get extra data. Yeah, self-documenting code, basically. Perfect. Love it. So there seems to be a resurgence in things that were cool in the past uh, and kind of went the way of, of the dodo bird. Uh, and some of those now are TV shows. There's a bunch of remakes. But I want to think about before the remakes, right? Okay. Can you think of any shows that maybe as a kid seemed awesome or great, and now as adults when you think about it, you're like, what was going on? I can give you some examples. <laughs> okay. Um, just to kind of get you on it. First of all, there was that live-action Mario Brothers TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember really thinking that was cool. Mm. And now when you watch something on YouTube, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> or um, let's be honest, all all of the Power Rangers. Okay. Just just like, what are you guys doing? You know, even even the remake, which was much better, I guess. But it's just, what's going the on movie here? Uh, another, or, or shows. Um, okay. Disney's Gargoyles. An mm. animated show where gargoyles came to life and saved the city. Okay. Um, another one I remember watching was Bots Master. It was five robots, I think, or four robots that somehow lived with a child. Mm. Um, and then they combined into a mega robot, and then them and that child saved the city. Okay. Can you think of any uh, shows that were maybe you liked when you're little, and now when you look back, you're like, what, what, what was going on? <laughs> was it just a different um, time back then? Yeah, that's part of it. I would also say that I am probably not the best person to answer this because there are shows that have been remade where I still like them, even though as an adult, I should know they're cheesy. For example, yeah, MacGyver. Like, I loved oh. that as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I even watched the new one, and I like it, and it's stupid. And I know it's stupid, and it's cheesy, but I still like it. So, <laughs> um, boy, let me, let, me, let me think harder. Um, I can think of some shows that hold up like Sesame street okay. is still solid, man. Like that. My kids watch that now and we've pulled up some of the old okay. ones. That was, that's still solid Muppets. Same sort of thing. Um, Which is strange to think that, that when you think about the history of HBO mm. and now Sesame street's home is HBO. Like yep. what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. There is an Elmo after dark show, but it's still clean. It's like a talk show. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the examples you gave were like cartoons and, in, in like clearly kid shows. Right. Um, no, I can't, I can't think of, I, I guess I watched only highbrow TV. Like you probably watched masterpiece <laughs> theater as a kid like me. And, uh, Nope. Never, never did. Uh, another one that jumped in my head was that show. Perfect strangers. Like I loved oh, yeah. that as a kid. And man, I, I saw a, a clip of that the other day. Cause there was like some funny phrase I was trying to, share with my kids that have never seen the show don't even know the characters and so i i'd found the clip on youtube i'm like wow this show is pretty bad and i think a lot of a lot of sitcoms from that era elf that one just jumped in my head i love that as yep, a kid. Yep. and that's almost it, it no it is it's too bad i couldn't watch it now even like for nostalgia it really is dumb so yeah elf but i still love macgyver Do you have your own phantom test that seems to fail one out of a hundred times? We can help. Book a free consultation with us on our website, nocompromises.io. 